Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Nesbitt Connection podcast. It's great to have everybody back. Uh, I just want to thank you all for your continued support, and obviously the, the fact that you're listening to this means a lot to me. You know, the interesting thing is, is that I think it's safe to say I'm somewhat um, worked up today only because uh, I, I think I've mentioned before, I've got a pretty good faithful gathering of people who, uh, let's just say, follow me on Instagram. Of course, I follow quite a few. And, and, and of course, social media can be a curse, but it can also be a blessing. Uh, and the reason I bring this up is that, you know, I'm amazed at how many people are what you call direct messaging me. So, of course, none of the rest of the world can see it, how they are questioning the leaders who are leading us today. And so am I. Like, quite frankly, I, you know, one of the things that and I think it's safe to say, I could almost start with a question, you know, where have all the great leaders gone? Like, in a time like we are facing right now, we might just say around the world, but let's get a little bit closer to home, even here in Ontario, Canada, where have all the great leaders gone? Like, we are... In my opinion, we are we're missing a leader. We have got a bunch of people just kind of you know reading stuff off a computer and and saying this is what you got to do, and like some of the simple basic principles of leadership are being missed. You know, I, I am forever grateful that I get to work with so many different companies, so many different people, and share with them, you know, the, the knowledge that I have on leadership. Uh, you know, and then that's only. The, the knowledge I have has only become because I'm a constant learner. Like, I'm always reading books, listening to podcasts, listening to books. Uh, I think the last time I checked on my phone, I have like 195 books just on my phone, audiobooks. So, like, I I am I, a constant learner. So, that being said, I, I think I, you know, I, I've maybe a little bit credible, maybe more credible than most people on the subject of leadership. And I just want to kind of start with some of the stuff we're seeing right now. There are leaders in the community who, I think in all fairness, they they could have a chance to step up and they haven't. Um, I I sit back and I watch, we'll say, if you haven't been paying attention, in Canada the last, I don't know, it's somewhat died down now, thank God, but there there was, I want to say, 25 churches are either vandalized or burnt. That's a lot of churches. And, And the thing that has me somewhat concerned are, where are the church leaders? Like, you know, nothing's changed in 2,000 years. Like, we're supposed to look up the church leaders. You know, they're the ones that are supposed to guide us through, you know, these times of, of, of chaos and uncertainty. Who are the church leaders? Like, I think it's completely crazy that, you know, just so a lot of people maybe don't know this, but the previous federal government did a report called the Truth and Reconciliation Report. They spent a fortune doing it, and and, uh, some of these uh, will call what they are calling unmarked graves were all discussed in the Truth and Reconciliation Report like 10 years ago. So, you know, all of a sudden now that these graves are, are, are coming up and people are talking about, well, these were talked about 10 years ago. And that's what makes me question that you know, a lot of what we're doing is 100% political. It is 100% political. It's like, you know, we're doing things here to try and get attention and obviously try and come in and be, you know, I'm going to save the day. And that's nonsense. Like, But who are the church leaders in a case like this? And like, and I, 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 I'll say I'm a Christian. And, and the interesting thing is, is that in the last 2,000 years, the Bible hasn't changed a bit. But the churches have. 
And the interesting thing is all you have to do is look at church attendance, and you can see, you know, where the problem is here. Some of these church leaders, they got to stand up. There's also some other, you know, leaders in the community that, you know, we, you know, could stand up, myself included. That's one of the reasons why I did videos, I'm doing this podcast, you know, just to talk about how I think maybe we're being led by uh, people who maybe... Well, it's safe to say I've never read a leadership book because they're certainly not um, using what you'd call good leadership principles. Uh, I, I want to start out by saying I'm not an anti-vaxxer, okay? I'm not. How, however, I was not going to get the vax. I, I was not. I was not going to get it. And the simple reason being is that in the Bible, it states 365 times. The most common phrase in the Bible says, do not live in fear. So I'm not that sharp, but I know that if you know if somebody's got more power than me says don't live in fear, I'm going to listen to him because he calls the shots. And the interesting thing is, like I say, I, I certainly trust the Bible more than I trust science. But but this is interesting. So my daughter, our daughter, I should say, she works at a hospital and she's a registered nurse. You know, at the peak of some of these COVID, uh, you know, when the, when the hospitals are full and there's all kinds of patients in the hospital, she was actually working in the ICU, looking after COVID patients. And the interesting thing is, is like she would, you know, contact me quite regularly. She'd, you know, text me after work or call me after work and say, hey, dad, you know, there's a guy in here who's basically our age and he's not going to make it. And uh, he's in good shape and there's no reason you shouldn't make it, but he's not going to make it. So what's the reason it's what's interesting here is that I, I got the vaccine um, and I got the two shots of Pfizer. I did not want to mix them because I think that's just completely foolish. Like even a drunk knows you don't mix two different types of alcohol. You're going to get sick. So why? Again, here's a real good example. They're telling us to mix vaccines like it's just foolish. So yeah, I would not mix it. I got two shots of Pfizer or Pfizer, I guess it's called. Sorry. And then the reason I say that is that, you know, in leadership, we have to learn that there are two different types of motivation. There is intrinsic motivation and, and extrinsic motivation. And what's fascinating here is as I got, mot- or I got vaccinated because of the love I have for my daughter and her love for me. So that's what you'd call a pretty good intrinsic motivator. So I did it for her. It also shows that, you know, I'm maybe not the real leader sometimes, and other people can lead me. But what's interesting is that, you know, now they're trying to come out with these vaccine passports and this and that, and which I think is just, it's just to me, it's a way for the government to create more jobs for the government, like it's pretty simple. But, but, but it's crazy to see how some of these so-called leaders, they don't understand the difference of intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Like I'll give you an example. No matter how hard you try, you cannot push a rope. You can't. You cannot push a rope. You can't push a chain. You might push a garden hose. If it's frozen, of course, you can push it. But like you cannot push a rope. You know, when you're a leader, you have to learn to pull people along. You know, you have to pull them and say, hey, come with me. We're going on a journey. And these so-called leaders that are leading us through this crisis, they're not doing that. You know, they, 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 it's too easy just to stand there and say, you do this, you do that. And that doesn't work. Especially when, you know, you, you see all the time, the other night I was watching, the, I typically don't watch the news because it's so full of lies. I don't bother watching it. But I was walking by the TV the other night when my wife had it on. And they said that, you know, we're going to expect 9,000 cases a day in Ontario with this Delta variant, or variant, I guess it's called, sorry. Well, what's interesting with this is these so-called modeling numbers have been wrong 100% of the time. To the best of my knowledge, there has not been one modeling number correct to date. 
So, like, it's, it's you know, like, I remember when our kids were young, you know, we used to read them bedtime stories. And, of course, a lot of us have heard of this bedtime story about the little boy who cried wolf. You know, the little boy cried wolf so many times that, of course, nobody came to him when a real wolf came. So, somebody please tell me the difference and how when, you know, the, 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 our leaders keep telling us information that's not correct. You know, they're blowing things up to make it sound good because you got to remember if it bleeds, it leads. You know, why would people fall into what they're saying? You know, and, and, and it's, it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, we buy into the leader long before we buy into the vision. And if we don't buy into the leader, no matter what they're saying, we're not going to listen to. And just to add to that, again, some of these principles that I'm talking about are, are, are old, and there's nothing new here. Like, it, it, and, and that's a fascinating thing: is there has been not there has not been a new philosophy in two thousand years. And like, if any good leader knows that if if you want to create change and if you want to do something. There's going to be approximately 25% of the people who are going to go along with you because of your credibility, they have faith in you, and sometimes they follow you because of what you've done for the organization or for the community. So 25% of the people are going to follow along and never bat an eye. They're just going to do exactly what you say. That's 25%. There's going to be 50% that are going to be on the fence. And nothing against them. They just want to. They want to know more. They need to be sold. You know, they need to say, "Look, why am I doing this?" Because you got to remember, a lot of us, we just want to know where are we going, what are we doing, or why are we doing it. And and that comes down to this this vaccine. So that being said, twenty five percent are going to do it right away. Fifty percent are going to be on the fence, and of course, there's going to be the remaining twenty five percent. And that remaining twenty five percent are always going to be a no. And our jobs as leaders is to keep the 25% who are always going to be an O away from the 50% that are going to be on the fence. Like, this stuff's pretty basic. And so that comes down to, like, you know, 75% the chances are we'll do something. And if you look at the vaccination rate, we'll say right now, in North America, are we not sitting around 75%? Like, if these... People who are trying to lead us, and you know, that some people call them clowns, and I'm not so certain they're wrong. You know, when when you sit back and you see, you know, what, what they're trying to do, you know, to get 100 percent, that's never going to happen. It, it is never going to happen in 100 years. You know, maybe in China, where it's a communist country, they might, but I think you're still going to see people trying to hide. And, and I can promise you one thing. Right, right, right now in 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 Canada, and by the time this podcast actually gets, uh, you know, pub, published, whatever you want to call it, chances are the election will be be over. But but, but the, one of the, the 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 people who's doing some campaigning, he he's trying to say everything he can, you know, negative about the people that don't get the vaccine. So let me, you know, even in the schoolyard, you know, when you called somebody a name, because I remember growing up, you'd call somebody a name. If somebody called me a name. Well, they were going to listen to me. They would do everything they could not to listen to me because that bully called me a name. Like I can't get over how I, I, you know, how foolish these people are who are trying to lead us. Like some of this stuff that you know that they're trying to do is, is so basic, yet they don't get it. And you no, know, gotta remember, you know, people have feelings, right? It, like Ben, I, I, I try to listen to the Ben Shapiro podcast. You know, probably might get it three or four times a week. And and like Ben Shapiro says, you know, that the facts don't care about your feelings. 
And, you know, the facts are some of the stuff that I'm just saying here now, it's, it's pretty basic. And it's got to be kept simple. And unfortunately, some of the people who are, well, say, kind of show us what to do, you know, they, they've lost all credibility. They're, they're trying to push us to do stuff that's wrong. Um, I, I get a kick out of, uh, if, you, if you follow uh, MSNBC News at all in the States, the people that aren't getting vaccinated there, you cannot believe what some of these, uh, I don't know, talking heads, I guess is what they are, because they're just reading off a script. You cannot believe what they're saying to some of the people that don't want to get vaccinated. Well, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you, our youngest daughter got vaccinated. She didn't need to be, I don't think, because she's young and she's healthy. Uh, she did. We, she did it on her own. But so what happens, say, for example, of a couple years down the road, this poor girl now can't have kids over this. It's kind of an alarming thing, isn't it? it, it it's, it's got me somewhat concerned, uh, you know, and she's probably going to be upset that I mentioned this, but it, it, it's true. Like, some of this we don't know about. And, and again, the dangerous thing about some of the stuff that's going on in the world today, I really believe a lot of people have their head kind of, they're, 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 to start with, you can't believe a politician. Like, I don't know that there's a politician out there just telling you, you know, the truth. Like it, it, it's interesting because again, with this election coming up in Canada, every politician that's trying to get your vote is trying to get your vote by spoiling you with your money. You like even you, you don't spoil kids. What happens when you spoil kids? It, it's amazing you know, that the kids turn out rotten. So like, you know, what what does trying to make promises to us with our money going to do? Like, it, it, it's wrong. I, I don't I don't get it. I certainly don't understand it. But uh, you know, and 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 just to show you how how let's just say some people take advantage of that. I, I, this is probably 10 years ago now. A, uh, a political campaign asked me to do some door knocking. And I thought, hey, I'll go do some door knocking, you know, because it, it's it's one thing about it. When you're door knocking, it gets you really good at talking to people. And, and which I was not good at the time, but just knocking on door and talking to strangers. So I learned a lot. I, I, I grew from it. But it's interesting, you know, we were talking, we were knocking in this one uh, area and the, the, the two front steps for the, these, I guess it's a town home or whatever, and got a garden home, and they were t- touching each other. So I went to knock on this one door, and of course nobody was home. I go to the, I could have just stepped onto the other step, but I noticed that they had a yard sign that uh, was for the other candidate. So I just said to this gentleman, and, and you know, he was, um, let's just say, he, he was a rather large gentleman, and you could tell he was not physically fit, and he was smoking a bong. Uh, sitting in a lawn chair in his driveway. So I just want to kind of paint a picture here of what this gentleman is like. I would bet money maybe he didn't hold a job. I said to him when I seen the different yard sign, I said, I suppose I'm probably wasting my time talking to you, aren't I? When, you know, if I, when I kind of pointed at the sign. And he just turned to me and he said, no, he said, I don't say that. He said, I'm going to vote for whoever gives me the most money. So, you know, I don't know that that's healthy. I really don't know that that's healthy. And that's, you know, and that's a mentality 10 years ago. And I can tell you it's worse today. You know, it's worse today. We see people at home, you know, that the government's created this kind of a thing here in Canada where they're paying, I guess in the States too, for that matter, they're paying people to stay home and yet nobody can find people that want to go to work. Well, why would you go to work when you get paid to stay home? So like I say, where, where have all the leaders gone? Like there's never been a time... In my generation, maybe since the Second World War, when we actually need leaders, 
One of the things I think that's quite important is that leaders have to give us hope. You know, I was listening to an audiobook the other day. I was out for a run. In this audiobook, this gentleman was talking about all the past presidents of the United States. And he said each one of the presidents had a, um, you know, different strengths and whatnot. And one of the things that really hit me is, is he says, you know, President John F. Kennedy, you know, one of his strengths was he gave the nation hope. So when was the last time you heard a leader give us hope? You know, all the talk about to go home, put the masks on, do this or that, and, and you know, if these masks work so good, why are people still getting COVID? I'm, I wear one because I have to, but I just don't understand that. If, if all this stuff is working so good, these um, experts are telling us to do, why are we still getting sick? Like, it, it makes no sense. Like, you know, if somebody, you, you, you wouldn't run a piece of equipment like that. If, you know, if you said, hey, keep putting honey in the hydraulic oil tank and it keeps breaking, well, you'd say, hey, look, at this honey's not working. we got to put oil in here. Like, some of this stuff, like I say, is pretty basic, and, and, and we're, we're missing it. Um, so that being said, like this, this whole podcast, like I say, was kind of brought on just simply because there, there was a gentleman this morning. You know, will say he he messaged me on on on, on Instagram, and his name's Derek, and he said to me, he says, you know, he says, Mark, like this is nonsense. Like, when is this ever going to end? You know, like really, when is it ever going to end? And, and of course, the the sad part about it is, and again, another gentleman who messaged me on Instagram, we're talking about politics, and you know, and I kind of know how he votes, and I certainly will say agree with his thinking. And and we and we both agreed that you know all politicians all they're looking for is power and money. Well, when was the last time you heard of one actually trying to help you? You know, they've got to remember these people. They work for us. They're supposed to help us. They're supposed to be there for us. They're supposed to give us hope. You know, they they, they got to say, hey, look, you know, we're going to put this behind us, and you, you don't hear that. And you know, even in Ontario, for example, we have a, I think a, I thought was an excellent leader when he get voted in as the premier. And I, I think it's safe to say he's gone from being a leader to being a follower. You know, and now he's just following what you know what these lab coats and modeling tell him what to do. I, I get that he's in a pickle. He's between a rock and a hard place, and he's trying to do what's right. But you know, the interesting thing is, and then this just might offend some people, but I'm very sorry. I got to be honest with you, because you got to remember one of the first things we need to do in a leadership role. If we're going to be a leader, we got to stand up and say, "Look, there's a problem here." And it's got to get fixed. You know, first you got to identify the problem, and of course, accept that there's a problem. But, but you know, I, I firmly believe that if the government could find a way to to make money off of COVID or tax COVID, it wouldn't be a problem. Let me just repeat that: if they could find a way to tax it or make money off it, you wouldn't hear peep about it. And if you think I'm wrong, I'm just going to give you a couple of you know small statistics here. Since COVID started. To the best of my knowledge, when I googled this morning, there's been a total of 28,000 people have died in Canada with COVID, okay? A lot of them, chances are, you know, from what I'm seeing, they didn't die from it, they died with it. Like, I'm sorry if I'm 85 years old or 90 years old and you're going to put a diaper on me and feed me, I'm glad you take a shot of COVID and be a statistic. It's just, it's my thinking. So a lot of these people, of course, they died with COVID, 28,000 people. That's unfortunate. I feel bad for them. There's, you know, there's some people have lost family members. I think it's heartbreaking. It, it's out there. I know it's out there. But just let me point something out here. Every year in Canada, annually, so this is annually, so the, I'm talking 18 months with COVID, 28,000. Annually in Canada, one year, there's 28,000 people die from cigarette smoking. 
I'm not against cigarette smoking. I smoked. I enjoyed them. I, I still swear that a cigarette was the best driving companion I ever had. But there's 28,000 people die, every, or sorry, there's 48,000 people die every year in Canada from cigarette smoking. So there's almost twice as many people die from cigarette smoking as from COVID. Have you seen a post saying that you got to wear a mask around somebody that smokes and you need a passport to go in somewhere because you smoke? Of course not, because the government make a fortune off of cigarette taxes. taxes. So like I say, it, some of this stuff, it, it, it's completely ridiculous. Uh, you know, I, I think if there's ever been a time, we'll call it for leaders to step up, it's now. You know, one of the things that I've noticed, and I've told this to a lot of younger people that I get to work with, to try and get young people today to, we'll say, work or to do some of the stuff that we have to do, or we've did our whole lives, some of them just don't get it. You know, they don't realize that they got to show up for work for five days straight and do it maybe for five days straight every week, not just for one week. Uh, you know, the, some of the stuff that they just don't get it. And, and unfortunately, uh, uh, some of them aren't good at communicating. They've never had to talk. You know, they've never had to talk. They've never had to try to sell themselves. You know, I'll give you an example. From what I gather, I think you can get a date by swiping right now on your phone. You don't have to talk to anybody. You know, I remember, you know, picking up the phone and, and, and pushing and dialing the number and getting nervous when they when she answered the phone, I'd hang up. and like So that's how we learned communication skills, is by talking to people. And kids today, they don't get to talk to anybody. So not only, you know, do they maybe not have the same work ethic as us, they're not, I don't think they've been taught good communication skills. I can promise you one thing, there's no such thing as a communication skills course in school, so they're not going to learn at a school. And chances are, and this is a reality, a lot of homes today, both parents have to work, you know, to try and make ends meet to pay the mortgage so that they don't get time, you know, to maybe spend the, the time with the kids like, you know, parents, parents maybe did 30, 40, 50 years ago. But the reason I bring this up is that I'm a very, very firm believer. If you're a young person and you've got a good work ethic and you're good at communicating and you have a right attitude, there's never been a time in the history of mankind when it's going to be easier for you to become a success. You know, because there's no competition. Like, it, it, it's incredible to see, you know, the, how there's no competition. And not only is there no competition, but there are people leaving industries every hour, retiring, they're leaving, they're getting out, they're retiring, no, they're, they're just fed up. Somebody has to fill their shoes. So if you're a young person, there's never been a greater time for you to be a success. You know, it's interesting because I have this one person who messages me again quite regularly. You can't believe the, the, the messages I get on, on Instagram. And they tell me the stories about that they're working at this one big company. And from what I gather, there is, I think, 300,000 people work at this company. So obviously it's a big company. And if I'm not mistaken, they said that last year they had a 50% turnover. And what I hear some of the stories that this person mentions on, on Instagram about the stories about where they work. My God, what a sick, toxic place. You know, so, so those places are out there. And, and I don't know why it is some of these bigger companies and, and even in government situations, you know, you know the, the, the people end up in a leadership position by default. You know, I don't know why they end up there because they're not good leaders. You know, because you got to remember, a good leader is somebody that, you know, that again, it's not like pushing a rope. We have to pull them to come with us. Hey, look, this is what we're going to do. You know, let's create a good vision for this company and, and, a, and a good goal. And if you ever want a, a good example of this, and we can compare it, I think it's 
quite worthwhile. I actually learned this from reading a Peter Drucker book. He says, you know, we have to treat our employees today like volunteers. You know, what is it, you know, we, I see it all the time where I live, there'll be people out in the rain and the snow, you know, knocking on your door trying to collect money for, you know, the Heart Institute or the Cancer Institute. Like, those people are driven. They, they believe in that and they will do anything to do it. You know, so, so like, this is where we have to, you know, as leaders... You know, we have to be able to intrinsically motivate people so they, you know, so they will follow us. We've got to create a good reason for them to do it. You know, we've got to paint a picture of hope for them that, hey, you do this, somebody's going to, you know, survive. You know, and, and like I, I get to, again, I'm not saying this to brag, but I get to work with a lot of different companies. And, and, and I'll give you an example. I was at a precast plant this week and I, I, I got to meet some people doing these big precast panels for uh, for a bridge. And the thing is, is that, uh, you know, not so much panels, I guess they're they're blocks or foundation blocks and the skills that these guys have like it just amazes me you know and the thing is is that they're 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 so professional about what they do and and yet you know one of the gentlemen said to me when the kids come here he says they feel it's a dead-end job well you know if it wasn't for these people let's just say uh, you know they they wouldn't have this bridge to drive on And, and the crazy thing is is you know Everybody wants to live and sleep and eat indoors, but nobody wants to build the houses, build the roads, you know, plumb the toilets, all, all the stuff that has to be done. And yet at the same time, you know, if you're, a, say, a plumber, for example, there's people and families and homes that, you know, they would not be able to use our indoor plumbing if it wasn't for you. So it's not just a job. You know, you're, you're, you're helping them, you know, with use it, with the luxury in life. And if it wasn't for you, there would be no luxury that they could use. So I hope this doesn't come off as too much of a rant, but I, I just, I'm totally amazed, uh, you know, where have all the leaders gone? Like, we need leaders at this time, you know, to step up and say, look, enough is enough. We've got to get on with life. This COVID thing is behind us. It's 18 months in. We've we got to live with it. And if we think it's ever going to go away, we're kidding ourselves. You know, the common flu hasn't ever gone away. You know, the, the colds haven't gone away. It's here to stay. And, and, and I'm sorry, but we've got to accept it and move on and learn to live with it. And I think it's safe to say that we've got to stop, uh, you know, we're losing credibility by trying to get people to do stuff they know isn't right. And like, like I say, I listen to podcasts every day. I try to catch two or three podcasts and I'm working or, or driving. And let's just say there's a lot of information we're being told that isn't correct. And the interesting thing is that sometimes when the information that is correct uh, tries to get out there, it's interesting to me how high tech, you know, they, they block it. it it's just it, it, we're living in a time when we really do need, you know, a leader to step up and say, look, you know, we're going to get through this, you know, follow me. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this, please uh, give it a five-star rating and, and subscribe. And again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, you know, to hear me uh, share some leadership principles that I've learned along the way. Take care and thanks for now. <music>